0: It's the podcast that shakes and stares at pharmacy. Welcome to PBN on the Rocks.
1: I was gonna wear the Santa Claus
0: onesie today, but I went
1: with the Leonardo DiCaprio quality sweater instead. I'm
0: super looking forward to this conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's been a very exciting time for I have to say. You know, usually we spend most of our time making the same 20-30 jokes on the internet. Uh, and just kind of go into advocacy mode when something happens. And uh, something definitely happened the last few months, for sure. There's definitely oh my God. a God. No in- j- yeah. I've always had kind of a cynical approach to a lot of the organizations and stuff, too. APHA and uh, CPHA. Now we're members. CPHA, they take a hard stance on the side of pharmacists and technicians across the board. And I'll tell you, after Marilyn and I were on television back in at uh, the beginning of COVID, uh, Marilyn was one of the first people to speak out and say, Hey, you know, working conditions are going to get really bad here if we're tasked with vaccinating America. And Clifford young, who was the previous president of CPHA was one of the first people to reach out. He's like that night I was getting telephone calls and he was one of the first people to reach out and say, you both need to become CPHA members. Um, I think this is great what you're doing. And they were all very concerned because Maryland was still actively working for Walgreens and they were like, Well, what protections are in place in case they try to retaliate? And CPHA has been super supportive. So I have nothing bad to say about them and current leadership at APHA is also making some changes there that I'm
2: really in favor of. APHA so, uh, Lord,
0: Dr. Jeremy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're we're ripping on APHA today. <laughs>
0: no, 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 he, he no, he no, 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 I, was nice I was playing nice. I'm not
1: drunk. Oh man, yet, you know? you're <laughs>
2: lucky we don't have AP here. <laughs> angry pharmacist. We had him on a few podcasts ago, and he hates APHA. He just ripped it. it really, hilarious.
0: really. Yeah. Saying that he is not a fan is putting it mild.
2: That's putting it very so, mild. So he's
0: he he's angry. Are you saying oh, he's angry? Yeah, just to, yeah. Not angry. Yeah, he, he's he is in fact embracing his name. Well I embrace my handle. Life my life is one
1: giant accident after another.
0: Sometimes <laughs> good,
1: sometimes bad.
0: You know,
1: I was born an accident. Let's let's start let's start.
2: <laughs> me too. I was a homecoming baby.
1: <laughs> if you were a rapper, you should use that name. Homecoming baby. Ooh, homecoming baby. Yeah.
2: More of a metal guy. Don't get me wrong, I like rap, but everything I've ever performed hey, has been Homecoming
1: like, Baby works either as a folk rap, or metal. As a, as a metal group too, it works. Homecoming baby.
2: Okay, I'm coming out of retirement and starting a folk metal band, catfight at VFW. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be hardcore shit. Homecoming Baby's going to be our signature track on our first album. Bullwinkle's nightmare. Oh, my goodness.
1: We're, uh, we're putting on a cruise this summer. I don't know if you guys even heard about that, but we have a cruise. We have about 130, 140 people that are registered for it right now called Farm at Sea out of Miami doing a four-day... Pharmacy themed cruise. It's going to be a lot more drinking and a little less, like a little bit of pharmacy, but we're doing stand up comedy. We have uh, Dan Schneider is actually going to be on board. He's one of the speakers from the pharmacist documentary on Netflix. Yeah, he's there. Um, Delano, he's actually probably one of the most, if you're in the younger generation, if you're a generation younger than myself, he's like probably the most famous pharmacy technician TikToker. He has over half a million followers on TikTok. So, oh, he's wow. going to be on board with a couple other, call them pharmacy, healthcare, social media personalities who are going to be either speaking or doing stand up, something like that. So, it's
2: pretty cool. It's awesome. I wish I could go. I've got a baby. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's wonderful, <laughs> at least. I'm really tired. I pretty much rolled. Is this like, your I first don't... baby? Yes.
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome. I have five. Man, the first one you dote over constantly and you're worried about everything. Yeah. So, like, you know, I have every, like, safety device and helmet and everything else you could possibly need for a child. The, the youngest is now six years old, and every outlet in this house has the plug in it, you know, the little plastic things that you put in yeah. so that no one electrocutes themselves. I'm like, Marilyn, we have to get rid of these. Why do they still here? The, the youngest is six. She's not going around like... She made it, like, to six. But...
2: Like, fuck this safety shit. She's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe she's, she's trying to protect me. That's who it is. I'm 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 probably the only one. Who would so actually you do go
0: around and stick your fingers in the sockets.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably dump something on it and electrocute myself or something like that. So <laughs> it's probably to protect me.
0: Maurice, hey, Maurice. Dr. Comedy. How are you, sir?
3: Pretty good. How are you?
0: Doing well. Doing well. I'm loving is. The necklace. The necklace is phenomenal.
3: PBM reform. That's amazing. Yeah, I sent one to CVS, but it got returned to sender, so. <laughs> and for
0: those of you listening, Maurice has on a giant gold wrapper-style PBM reform <laughs> necklace. It is phenomenal.
2: I'm not allowed to mail things to CVS headquarters. I'm on lists. <laughs> <laughs> got me banned from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I am actually blocked by Karen Lynch. I can say that. uh, Oh, she actually gave you the block? Yep, I've been blocked. I did not know
2: that. Yep. (laughs) What'd you do for that?
1: That was on my bucket list. I'll send you guys the tweet that was a response to one of her tweets, and that was what got me blocked from there. But uh, I don't know. It's funny because even though I'm blocked by Karen Lynch, Walgreens, I think it's their algorithm on Meta, on Facebook specifically, that... I'll tweet about something at Walgreens or I'll put up a post about Walgreens and Walgreens will actually comment in the comments section. And it always does so well because people <laughs> like blow up with laughter because they're like, please, thank you for reaching out. Please report the store and let us like, like, it is something, like they want to go get somebody in trouble. <laughs> like I can't believe that they do that, but yeah, it has to be the algorithm. Like I can't imagine there's someone like, at corporate headquarters, like running their Facebook feed to like comment on stuff on my page. But. You never it's know hard
2: to tell because I'll get them sometimes and some people, and then other times it just won't even trigger. I think they do have some people like listed where you've got enough followers to where they feel like they really need to respond to your stuff. So you'd be surprised. Yeah. They spend a lot on social media response.
1: I wonder if any of those guys lost their 500 jobs. And then they get rid of 500 uh, employees. Of course not. They're okay. just going
2: to add more meaningless
3: jobs that don't actually take care of people because they're fucking CBS. You, you know, on Facebook, it tells you like anytime someone has 10,000 plus more followers, so they probably see that your thing says 10,000 plus and like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, address yeah, this one.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, I got to know. What's everybody drinking? Especially since I just saw Maurice turn up what looked like a bottle of ground.
3: Nice. <laughs> what? Yeah, I normally drink moonshine. Um, nice. <laughs> that was my drink of choice when I worked retail, but uh, Crown Apple.
1: When he was fired it, from it Walgreens, holiday he, uh, he started making moonshine in the backyard to supplement his income.
3: <laughs> when I first started uh, retail, I used to, you know, to take the edge off, I, I would have like a a beer then that wasn't quite working. Then it was wine. Then it was like a mixed drink, and I slowly worked my way up to moonshine. Yeah, rock. you start
2: graduating. <laughs> you get to the point where, like, beer's just too much work. That's yeah. why I drink pretty much exclusively Jameson on the rocks. Yeah. Moon- he was
1: he was cautious with it, though. He's drawing it up in an oral syringe, doing it, like, all professional, you know, making sure that he wasn't putting too much in each one of the
3: drinks. Those are very precise, precise shots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called Smoky O's or Smoky Joe's. It's pretty good. People should try it. Uh, is it Old Smoky? Yeah, I think it's Old Smoky. Yeah, they yeah. make a kind of moonshine.
2: Of course. Yeah, I, thought I, I, ma- I thought you were place making place online. I, I got a her. I didn't realize you were, you were really drinking
1: moonshine. That's crazy.
3: Yeah, I saw <laughs> it at a gas station. I always, you know, I was like, you can actually get moonshine? Because I was watching that A&E reality series where the guys were making it illegally in the mountains. Damn. Uh, I was like, oh, well, let me try it. I was like, oh, I don't, I forgot about that. There's three hundred on the counter after I was drinking that, so it just kind of became <laughs> drink of choice.
2: That's uh, that's a little more commercial moonshine. Uh, I'm from the hills, so I go to Gatlinburg a lot because, well, I'm hill folk. And there's so many more rules now because everyone used to just go and get shit-faced in Gatlinburg and just wander around. And now, like, the ABC's cracked down on everyone. You can still do that, but you've got to actually pay money to do it. Beforehand, they were just handing out, like, free <laughs> shots left and right to get people to buy it. And it You're allowed awesome. to get
1: shit-faced, but now you need a wristband. That's yeah, now you need it. a
3: wristband. I'm like they're actually checking out these. What <laughs> the fuck? This ain't Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they got they got two flavors. It's like hundred twenty percent proof or something like the the red lightning and like the blue punch. The other ones they are that were all flavors. the flavors. They're like yeah. watered down. They're not that strong. But if you get the one that's the red yeah. one, I was like, whoo!
1: If you're yeah. talking about things that are hundred plus proof, there's no flavor <laughs> to it. It tastes like alcohol. Hmm. You call it it red, call it blue, call it whatever. That shit tastes like alcohol.
2: No, if there's Mm. subtleties to it, you just got to get used (laughs) to it. You (laughs) got to get, that's why scotch and whiskeys are so good. Like, (laughs) my drink today is actually a delicious mix that I made up. It's called Kelpie Eggnog. It looks like Jameson and Ice Cubes, but it's actually a delicious eggnog. (laughs) Its ingredients are Jameson and Ice Cubes.
1: (laughs) I have eggnog. Um, I wanted nice. to try it since it's a holiday thing. So I've never actually had eggnog before. I got oh. the backup, but I, I am going to try my first eggnog
0: ever here. How long let me sitting oh, okay. Drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: it's, it's still chilled. It's, it's still chilled. Let me. Oh. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It tastes like nice statin if you let it sit for a really long time yeah. before you shake you it. You were off. also drinking it from the carton. <laughs> Oh, yeah, isn't that you what you do with
2: it now? I mean, you can. Typically, you mix it with, like, you bourbon I'm or
1: something. I'm shaking it up a little bit.
2: I don't know. I don't dilute Oh, that's so bad.
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's strange things going on in my mouth right now. I have to wash this out. With my This is my go-to. I um, I normally am a red wine drinker. Uh, somewhere in pharmacy school, they said red wine's good for you. Mm. So when when I graduated pharmacy school and I could afford anything other than uh, Keystone Light, from Pennsylvania, you drink Keystone Light. <laughs> I started drinking red wine. So here's red wine. So cheers, guys.
2: Cheers.
0: cheers. Well, and I'm drinking, we'll call it holiday sangria, red wine, orange, cranberry, mm-hmm. champagne topper, and a cinnamon rim. And I'm my disgusted. super awful pun holiday glass that says whining with my nomies.
1: Oh, awesome. Nuts.
0: My official recommendation on eggnog is
1: the only way to drink it is in the trash can. <laughs>
2: Eggnog's more of a sipper. You don't, you don't chug it straight for the car. <laughs> 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 no, probably oh, not the best introduction. <laughs> well, y'all been doing, like, a lot lately. So you deserve some drinks. Like, the fucking... You all are, like, starting... Especially, like, the union thing. Like, that's something I've been screaming about forever. That it's, like, no one actually just, like, went out and started, like, pushing it forward. Like, how did that come about? Well, I, I mean,
1: it was... It's been building for a while, but I think that all of this recent push, like we've been raising money, Maurice and I, for unionization for about two years now. And prior to the Kansas City walkouts, which really was the flashpoint for everything, we had like $23,000 raised. But really after Kansas City, everything changed. So I have to give a shout out to Kansas City and all the pharmacists that got together and technicians there because That little movement, those twenty-four stores that got together, they elicited a response from CVS that I think, frankly, really surprised a lot of pharmacists and technicians.
3: Yeah. No, usually I get a text message from Shane. He goes, "We're starting a union." I say, "All right, buddy." (laughs) 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 Well, you all have my support completely. Anything I can ever do, like I'm a yeah.
1: We what we do, like see, at first, like I wanted to help. Change the, the accidental pharmacist started as just my creative outlet, a place to make people laugh and try to unwind. And you know, like this, like I wanted to be the guy drinking on podcasts, not like starting unions. But I feel like when we have to go into advocacy mode, that's what we do. So Maurice and I, yes, we're, we're listed as comedians, but we care deeply about the profession. We just have to do it our own way. And with everything that happened here, Kansas City, we, we heard about it, but none of the the organizers had reached out the first day. The second day, I mean, I was putting up stuff about it. And then all of a sudden I got an email from one of the main organizers in downtown Kansas City. And I, I said, whatever we can do to further this, because I think this is what what needs to happen. And the reason why they walked out to begin with is it was in the Kansas City metro area in the Target CVS's. So the CVS Target Channel pharmacists got together because all of a sudden they're open 64 hours a week and they were only receiving a total of 20 technician hours. And it sounds like they're they're low volume stores. But you guys know anybody working in a pharmacy, I don't care if it's one technician or one pharmacist, if there's one person behind the counter, you can be busy whether you're doing 30 prescriptions a day or 300. I mean, it's just all you need is one insurance problem, one patient who like wants to show you their... Crotch or something, you know. It's 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 gonna take some time. Every every person is not all. Man, I thought artists. I was gonna
2: say grandkids. He yeah. went crotch.
1: Yeah, yeah. Man, I've had I've had mothers come in and uh, you know prop their toddler up on the table and say, "Hey, look at his uh crotch or whatever," you know. So then, yeah, but that's what I'm oh, saying Lord. is like, you want to do that. You want to be there for people's crotches when you gotta be. You know what I mean? Yeah. You t-
2: Totes. Oh Yeah, that is that is actually like. <laughs> It's, it's actually my store slogan.
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, so the second day of the walkouts, to get away from that, the second day of the walkouts, the main organizers reached out to me and I said, whatever we can do to help push this out, to get national media coverage, whatever. So I said, if you want something to go out as like a, any sort of like official statement from the organizers. So they started putting out official statements through the accidental pharmacist page. And it's not just my page. Once it hits my page, there's a handful of us who've had a private group together for a while. So bled Tanaways from pizzas from Pizza's not working. Maurice and I we we talk pretty much every day, but there's like a private group that we push everything out. like if this is important, we share it for each other. So pizza's not working. Rx comedy, the cynical pharmacist, and uh, the political pharmacist, we have a private group, and we just get push that out to all of our all of our connections. So anything that starts out on the page gets to everyone. And all of a sudden, like people were reaching out to me because they thought I was organizing this. And I said, no, but I have a link to the organizers who didn't really want to be known publicly yet. And that's where it started. The next thing was, is that some of these technicians were only getting 20 hours a week already. So they wanted to support their pharmacists in walking out because they knew it was necessary, but they didn't want to lose that pay because eight hours means a lot to someone, especially if they're only getting 20 hours a week. So I said, all that money that we raised, why don't we offer direct wage assistance to supplement the walkout. And they thought that was a great idea. So I put it out on the page. All the money we raise is at the direct disposal of the Kansas City organizers, as well as because there's a small group of uh, stores in Cleveland trying to unionize. So after we said that, they were sending through through the organizers, were sending technicians and they were giving me their exact rates and they were being so honest. It was like tearing at my heartstrings. These Some of these technicians were like, I'm making sixteen fifty an hour, but I was only scheduled to work six hours today. So I'm like, well, today you're getting a living wage of $25 an hour and we're paying you for eight hours. And we put that up on the internet and we went in the, in the course of like three weeks, we went from 23,000 to over $64,000. Uh, raised to try and unionize and to help with uh, wage assistance. So over the course of that Operation Spotlight and Farmageddon, we sent direct wage assistance to 175 technicians uh, throughout the country.
0: Now, I feel like more people are familiar with Farmageddon than they are with Operation Spotlight, myself included.
1: Yeah. So what happened was, is that um, after Kansas City CBS wanted to say that Kansas City was just specific to that market. And the power of social media and the power of these online healthcare or pharmacy social media personalities is they have large enough audiences that when they put out these talking points, we can immediately refute them because they were saying, oh, well, this was specific to the Kansas City market. And when we put that up on the page, people were like, hell no, it's happening in Connecticut, it's happening in New York and Florida and everywhere across the country. So they can't just try to squash these stories to say, oh, this is just a regional thing or specific to a market Reddit, which is its own animal. That's probably the only place I mean, I have connections on Reddit, but I don't spend a lot of time there because I just really don't understand it. That's I think pharmacy really.
2: Reddit's a shit show. Like I go, every time I go back and get involved, <laughs> I end up getting banned again.
1: Like, it's always a shit
2: show. Those mods are fucking power driven.
1: Yeah. That's where the uh, operation spotlight, it started with a, uh, with Walgreens. And the one interesting thing I could say about Operation Spotlight is the main organizer from that is a healthcare supervisor from Walgreens. Obviously, he wants to stay uh, anonymous. But yeah, so the first person who reached out to me was actually a healthcare supervisor. But one of those rare individuals who hasn't been enrolled too long and actually still cares about the people working in the pharmacy and wanted to be able to support. But he says, he was just like, I'm tired of putting out fires. I'm tired of going in when a pharmacist has to be deposed because of a mistake that happened there. And the mistake was caused by lack of support staff. So he still felt for them because he wasn't far enough removed or high enough on the food chain to not care about anything but this bonus. So, so not brainwashed yet. Started. Got it. Yeah, not brainwashed yet. Not not totally drinking the corporate Kool-Aid. Maurice, yeah. are you
0: involved in both Spotlight and Pharmageddon as well?
3: To be honest, with Farmageddon and, and Spotlight, like Shane and Bled, I would say had more of the direct contact with the people actually involved. I get a lot of direct messages from people saying like, "Hey," whether they were trying to, you know, help out with the operation or if they were like a technician who was looking for some loan assistance. So I'd reach out to Shane and say like, "Hey, I'm sending you this person, or this person needs help." Can you help him out? And he would say like, yeah, hey, I took care of them and sent them the money or, hey, just have them message the message to page." So I do a lot more like facilitating people to him or Bled during the whole operation.
0: How is all of this affecting you?
3: For me, it's just, you know, I feel like because like I'm the comedy person, a lot of people come to my page to kind of get like away from the stress of pharmacy. So like when this happens, like so many people were sending me like essays about their life like back in 2012 and then in 2014 and 18 and wait let me go back to 2016 this is what happened at Walgreens and like you know people just reaching out saying like whatever you could do to help but I'm super appreciative and I, I feel bad because I feel like when people reach out to me or Shane and say hey retail pharmacy so bad we, we need something like i feel like you've hit the last line of resort if you like reaching out to like a social media person like corporate <laughs> doesn't care the border pharmacy doesn't yeah. care your organization like they literally have like reached out to everybody possible and they're like hey let me see if this comedian could do something <laughs> to make <a> it." <laughs> well, amazing. Out. Like,
1: <laughs> like that's... you're like crossing the names off the list of all the people to the call and like on the bottom it's like oh should i should i send a message to these guys that tells you how desperate they are for something for some action
2: but i mean but you know, think about it like enough, doctors are having to go online just to try to get approvals and draw attention to it like people are weaponizing social media to make these companies do the right thing so i mean it makes perfect sense to me like you all are the people to reach out to because you have the audience especially it's such a fragmented profession and whenever you have so many people follow somebody that is one of the best ways to actually talk to everyone else in the profession because i mean just a few years ago a lot of people even pharmacists did not exactly know what the pbms were doing and how it was hurting so many of us and how it all trickles down and how you know even cvs who owns their own pbm they're not giving their own pharmacies their own support because that's a good justification to not pay us anything too because they're making all their money on the PBM side. It really has come down to people like you all getting all of this out there and bringing more eyes to it. And now we've actually got lawmakers paying attention. And we at PUTT, we salute you all doing that. We work really hard to do that as well. And it's it's more appreciated than you know.
1: Absolutely. Like, I, I really appreciate it, too. Uh, thank you for saying that. The, what Maurice and I always... I think after seven years, I've had the page about seven years, and I think Maurice has had about the same amount of time. Is over the years, you get the same sort of direct messages to the page of people that are really at their wits' end trying to make a career and feeling trapped. A lot of pharmacists, especially. So that's the thing pharmacists feel trapped because they don't have any other outlets. A lot of them feel like they have to take this job uh, because there's not enough jobs in a hospital or not enough jobs in academia. So they're working in retail because that's where the money and that's where the job is. Some technicians, And this is a this is a big problem. They keep saying there's a staffing problem in the pharmacy that they just can't hire enough technicians. And I would say there's some truth to that. They can't hire enough technicians because the starting rates are so low. And once you have a technician that has a certain skill set, they're going to move on because they've really just had enough. So it doesn't look like the landing place. For most really skilled technicians, they probably end up going to, to pharmacy school or to nursing school. They don't really see it as the, the end, like doing a whole career at Walgreens or CVS is like a last resort for a lot of them now. So when you get a really well-trained technician who's been there for a while, they're looking for their next, the next best thing if they can find it. And that's why the retention issue is a problem
2: they are also not, making it, it is, harder to train new technicians here in Virginia. They the board has made it to where you have to go to a straight up accredited program to get your pharmacy uh, your technician license. When beforehand you could come and you know yeah. we could put you through a program and you take your test and you'd be good. Now it's really really hard to like train new technicians yeah. because and I'm not going to get my shit are, accredited.
1: Some of these programs are ten thousand dollars to go to, and exactly. you're looking at what the what the average. Pay rate is across the country the I look this up because I've been asked this question a lot. And I could tell you from personal experience, paying out 175 technicians, that this is pretty accurate. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics has the average pharmacy technician making eighteen dollars and twelve cents an hour. And when I was that's, paying out on the not, low end, that's barely got, a living wage. Yeah, thirteen. I mean, it really was isn't. the lowest number that I got, and the outliers on the on the high side were about 24, 25. But I could tell you they were a lot more closer to that 16, 17, 18 number for the most part than they were to the twenty in, in the twenties range. It drives me nuts when
0: the big three put out on social media, oh, well, there's a shortage of everybody.
2: Uh, fucking liars.
0: There's not like a shortage. They, of, there's a shortage exactly of people that do not wish to be tethered to sweatshop conditions. Yeah. yeah. You're being exploited in some ways, and pharmacists are
1: rightfully worried about getting put in a situation that puts their license at risk. That's the biggest thing. There, when you Understaffed it's easy to make a medication error. And that medication error falls solely on the squares of the pharmacist who made it and the PIC. Even if the PIC is tangentially involved because their name is listed with the board, they are still on the hook when there's a, a major mistake that happens.
0: Did you guys watch any of what we're calling the um, the newest soap opera craze, the Ohio Board of Pharmacy CBS hearings, which yeah. is literally like a soap opera? And it's next season continues this month in December. (laughs) That awful lawyer from CBS had the technician almost in tears. She was such a hideous individual. I don't know how she looks herself in the mirror, but that's not fair. The technician's just (laughs) doing her job and she's doing what she's told. She's not making any corporate decision. These poor people were getting grilled beyond reason by the company that's supposed to have their back and employ them it's asinine well they, they will they will definitely angry. throw
1: you under the bus when it's either when it's you or them the answer is it's going to be you because they have the resources and the funds to to be able to hire as many lawyers as they need to to make sure that they're they're protected and that's honestly after B, i was a pharmacy manager for both walgreens and cvs for the first 10 plus years of my career and I, I don't think there's a dollar value you could put on to get me back in that position again. Even if CVS and Walgreens would have me, I would never do that again because you are on the hook for everything and they will not support you when it comes, when it really comes down to, if something terrible happens, they wouldn't support you. Just like what's going on in Ohio with the, with that, that case right yeah. now.
3: Maurice, I did mean, you that's, experience there that will be a pharmacist shortage. Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing as Shane It's like, for me, what I hated about it is that like I like to tell jokes and you know my customers really like me. And they really look for me. So like, if I was to make a mistake in a pharmacy because it's understaffed, like I feel bad because it's not like I'm just made a mistake to a random customer. It's like somebody that's like my friend or family. And then like I remember one time when I made a mistake, the guy was yelling and I was like apologizing, and explaining what happened. And he's like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You know, and that like has always stuck to me because like they trust you, you become friends, they become family. Even though I don't take them up on a lot of things, just because the work, patient relationship, people want to invite you to their house. And I don't think corporate, they only see them as just customers. But to us, they're more than just patients. They They become friends and family members. So when you make a mistake, I just remember so many nights, right when I get ready to go to sleep, I'm like, oh, shit, did I double check that? Something that I was checking, I was like, "Man, did I really double check that dose for that for that kid um, as well as I should?" Or even if the mistake was made, you know, they would ask you two days later. But your brain is so fried. I'm like, I don't even remember. I think I put it in this bag, and so it was just things like that where I was just like, you know, it's not really worth it because it's like, you know, I had trouble sleeping a lot of nights I'm just sure. thinking about
1: when you're in that environment, you're like triaging prescriptions. You're like, it's like, you only have so much time. So you really just have to decide what's going to take the most of your time. So sometimes when you're backed up, if you think it's a, all, oh, this prescription is a pretty standard, you're spending a few seconds. If you're <laughs> lucky, really evaluating things. And that's, that's why I love because Walgreens was classic about this. They still do this to Maryland every once in a while, some kind of medication error will happen large or small. And then they'll ask about it. Like, Three months later, you know, if it's something that was like they end up getting a call about it or they all report about it or whatever. And the last girl, do you remember what happened? And she's thinking like, how many prescriptions does a busy Walgreens do in three months? But I'm supposed to remember this one prescription that happened on this specific day. Like, give me a break. She had a visit from the board of pharmacy uh, uh, because of a patient that called. They wanted a prescription transferred on Christmas Eve. This was like two years ago. <laughs> and the district manager had called like three or four months later asking about this prescription because it went to the board of pharmacy and Marilyn's like, I have no idea what you're talking about right now. You know, it's four months later. How am I supposed to remember that? But they don't, they just want an answer. Like I could totally recall all that stuff. If I could, if I had that good of memory, I sure as hell wouldn't be working at Walgreens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I always think it's funny when I see those things about when they talk about understanding some of these reports, like how many prescriptions pharmacists check per hour. But I always feel like that's not an accurate depiction because, like, if I'm working for eight hours, usually for four of those hours, I'm probably at the out window, you know, helping at drive-through. I'm giving shots. I'm checking blood pressure, phone. So, really, I'm checking all those prescriptions where, like, at my store, we do, like, 700 a day. So, if I'm opening maybe those 400 scripts that I did, I did them within the three, four-hour time span because I would let two technicians fill. That would do out window and drive through so they could get up to like 100 120 review and then i would switch review 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 check 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 and then once i got that down i would go back to doing something else so the number of prescriptions i feel like pharmacists check per hour is a lot higher than people really think because you're not just gradually checking them you know it's not
2: indicative of your workload yeah you have there's so many more things that we do than check prescriptions i've got to the point where if i have to call an insurance for anything it's just you may as well stop the entire pharmacy. There's nothing you can do. And people don't understand, like, if you get an insurance problem on someone and your pharmacist has to go and work on that because no one else can get it to work, shit is not going to happen. Everything shuts down. And people really do not understand that. They, it all comes down, to, well, prescriptions per hour, this or that, That's that does not show what's going on in a pharmacy. Yeah, that's what I The best I had- part about
1: calling the insurance is, Keying in the numbers, everything on the prompts. They ask you for the date of birth of the patient, the prescription number, all the patient's information. And then they transfer you to a live person. And the damn live person ask asks again. for everything all over again. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to wring your fucking neck right now. I just spent 20 minutes going through your prompts. Why didn't you just send me to you in the first place so I could give it to you?
3: Like my last probably like year at Walgreens. I don't know if I say this, but whatever. Last year, year and a half, people <laughs> were always giving me my text. would give me the insurance issues because they're like you. You fix it so fast, how you get to go through. But to be honest, if you argue enough, I'm price modifying anything. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, here it is. Yeah. Everybody thinks I'm fixing their insurance. No, I fucking I think price the statues of limitations
1: it. is over. You're allowed to say that now, Maurice. They're going to come after you now. You can say it now. Maurice is so say good it with it. He's you price modifying everything.
3: <laughs> yeah, especially after you. Like, so, like my store, I completely turned it around. It was like a tier four store. Borderline tier five. And when I took it over, I remember I was supposed to meet with the previous pharmacy manager and she's supposed to say, like, hey, here's your good tag, here's your bad tech This we should look. She's just like, It's yours. I'm done. And I just <laughs> kind of walked out Wow. And- Peace out. Here's yeah.
0: the keys. Peace out.
3: That that is not the- a
0: good sign.
3: <laughs> no, I completely turned the store, the pharmacy around. And my store manager, I remember him so excited, like everything's in the green. It was all red. We're gonna get a huge bonus. And then Walgreens got rid of bonuses. Yeah, you know, right then I was like, man, I was actually the first I'm looking for because it's almost a tier five store. Everything's in the green, you know. And then we get a bonus, so like whatever my bonus is supposed to be, that's why I was trying to add up the price modified to. I was like, well, <laughs> about, about fifteen thousand. So I don't care if it's in the fridge or not. Price modified zero. <laughs> Amazing.
2: <laughs> no, but it's all those pressures and. Like y'all were saying, there's no actual pharmacy shortage right now. If anything, there's a surplus. But if this continues, there is going to be a shortage because no one's going to pharmacy school right now. Right now, they've lowered the oh, yeah, standards yeah. so much; they're pretty much accepting anyone who applies. It's insane.
3: Yeah, I um a friend of mine. Uh, when when I was in uh, high school, I used to go to his house and we would play video games. And every time we would play video games, his little sister would like be in the way. And I remember him like moving her out the way. He's like going to the other room. We're playing Madden. So one day she hit me up was like, Hey, can you write me a letter of recommendation of pharmacy school? I was like, Holy shit. I'm old. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so I'm like asking her, like, where'd you work in the pharmacy? PCAT score stuff like that. Oh, you don't have to do any of that. You just like apply. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, your name on this dotted line. We just got a, actually a lot of heat. We took it down. Um, I didn't make the video i actually got sent the video and it went viral everywhere and it ended up on our page but it got a lot of traction on our page so someone who made it actually reached out we took it down but it was one of the pharmacy schools i'm sure it was on your page too maurice where there was the recent graduates from i forget what pharmacy school it is now and uh they were pop quizzing the the pharmacists the new graduates and they were bombing all the answers on this and it just painted a really bad picture of the new graduates. And I get it was probably edited a little bit so that they, all the wrong answers were shown, which is what the what, what the person said. But uh I reached out to them and I said, hey, let them come on. We could quiz them. We could quiz them live on air. We could do a podcast or whatever. Oh, but none of God. them have reached out yet. But I'm not sure if you saw that video. I could send it to you <laughs> privately because I still have it I still have it <laughs> saved. I took it down but
0: I, I saved that for future. What types of questions were they bombing on? very very
1: simple questions like what what does the clozapine rems uh me- program measure what are they looking for they asked what the uh criteria for lowering eloquist dose to 2.5 from five milligrams and these uh, are free like
2: graduates like about yeah, to like, the like
1: ready to take ready to take the naplex yeah it was some of oh them my were really God, that's NAPLEX. when you're at the
3: like your sharpest X, oh ibuprofen NAP- dosing well,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the max dose on ibupro or Tylenol in a in a patient with cirrhosis? They asked them how is Macrobid dosed. Like, what's the what's the dosage of Macrobid, like oh for a UTI for for an uncomplicated UTI? And they didn't even get the strength right on what macro what strength Macrobid was. I was like, wow, that's a that's a bad look for the for the uh, recent graduates. So I was really surprised.
2: It's tough. Oh my god. And uh, that's right when they're cramming for naplex and everything. So, oh, but this was an
1: all online, all, all online pharmacy program. So the entire thing is online. Ah, yeah, and I was just like, I mean, I get it. Like during COVID, you had this, you had to pivot. But for a fully online pharmacy degree, that just to me doesn't make any sense. It doesn't compute. I, I can't imagine you're getting the same level of education.
2: A lot of red flags.
0: <laughs> With any degree, there are certain classes that are what I call the Mickey Mouse memorization classes. Yeah. Every degree has them. But I can't imagine that pharmacy has a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know if Maurice was like this, but when I was in
1: pharmacy school, I lived on campus. Even when I wasn't taking classes, we were always like studying in the pharmacy library that they had on campus. This is a Nesbitt School of Pharmacy, Wilkes University in Pennsylvania. I mean, I felt like I was there constantly. So it's that, it's being with other students, you know, constantly drilling each other, working out. There was a lot of hands-on stuff as well. And I just can't imagine how that whole entire experience could have been converted to something online that would give the same level of education to someone getting ready to graduate. So yeah, they should look into that.
3: They don't care. (laughs) Out of the white coat ceremonies that I see now, there's like seven people. Yeah, actually, two of them are janitors.
1: They just said, Hey, come over, put this white coat on, let's take a picture. <laughs> yeah. Or,
3: or the, I think the pharmacy programs that I'm I'm seeing now, that like switching, and they're, they're not colleges of pharmacy, they're like something health sciences where you could get yeah. pharmacy combined with or do something else. But you
1: can't have a whole department when you have seven students per year anymore that's the problem. So they got to combine pharmacy. It's even ours is, yeah, it's Nesbitt School of Pharmacy and Nursing at Wilkes University. And it was a a little private university in Pennsylvania. They took 65 students a year into the pharmacy program. And it was super competitive because if you didn't get in there, your ass was going to Philadelphia College of Pharmacy or Temple. And there were plenty of people that didn't want to live in downtown Philadelphia or go to those schools. So like Wilkes was like, you know, it was super competitive. And you had like if they were freshmen at Wilkes before, like you got into pharmacy school, there would be 500 kids that wanted to be like, we're, we're like trying to get into pharmacy school as freshmen. But like now, if you went there to be like, I don't know, they're lucky if they have 65 anymore. Yeah.
0: That's really sad.
2: Yeah. I mean, even the top tier pharmacy schools are, are having some issues. It's really, really bad.
1: Yeah. Well, we're trying to change that. That's why, that's why we're here talking <laughs> about the need for unionization and all that stuff. We're trying to make a difference. so
2: I mean, it's really going to come down to making the workplace better. You know, we we have to make sure that pharmacies are funded better and that that funding is going into the right places. Like, we have to make sure there's enough technicians, there's enough overlap, and doing some lunch breaks, that's good and all. You know, it's great to have a lunch break, but that doesn't address shit because you're just going to have to come back and do all those fucking scripts that were left over from lunch break. What's that going to matter?
1: No, for sure. You need you need the staffing. And this was it, one of the toughest interviews that I did during the during the height of Farmageddon. I was asked to be on Fox Business and I was interviewed by Neil Cavuto. And yeah. aside from calling me a relic, uh, which was one of the things he said on <laughs> oh national television.
0: God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: uh, I'll <laughs> that off the bucket list for sure. He called me a relic on national TV. He wanted me to basically feel sorry for Walgreens and CVS because they're under severe economic pressures right now. CVS is not under any pressure. Walgreens
2: a little
1: bit. It's a product of their own making. I mean, they're vertically integrated. CVS Caremark is one of the biggest PBMs. So, yeah, maybe they're not making as much money on the store side, but they're sure as hell making up for it on the PBM side. So, Yeah, they're making record profits every quarter. (laughs) What I tried mm -hmm. to say to Neil in the nicest way possible I didn't say, listen here, dickhead. I don't care what happens to them. I was trying (laughs) to be pragmatic about it. And I said, as a pharmacist, I don't think, and as a patient, I wouldn't want safety to be what suffers when a business is under economic pressures. They need to address their business model, see what needs to change in order to be able to safely staff and adequately staff their stores so that pharmacists can do their job safely and accurately. I don't care what else is on the table, what else needs to be cut. You can reevaluate your upper management, you can reevaluate the structure of having a store on every corner. Yes, maybe less stores are the answer, but better staff stores that are open, but you're making that money on the backs of employees. So you need to do right by your employees to make sure that their hours are secured and that their licenses are safe and that regardless of what else happens that should be your first priority walgreens i know they're under pressure but they're still 91 consecutive years of paying out a dividend so being a dividend aristocrat is more important to them than safely and, and adequately staffing their stores by all means i don't give a shit about that you know i yes my wife's a shareholder but i'd rather see her keep her license and her shares do
0: a little maybe suspend that dividend for a little while till you can figure the rest of this out on that note The article that came out last week, it was either in the Journal or the Times. I do not remember. It was saying that Walgreens and CBS are moving to put their warehouse capabilities in their physical stores so that staff and pharmacy staff now when there's online orders are going to be filling those as well. To me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. That's brilliant because on top of everything else that there's already been walkouts and calls for unionization on, you want to have a fulfillment center there for people to handle too?
2: Really? Oh, they don't give a fuck. They only care about shareholders. Like (laughs) share price is all that matters to them. So they're going to try to find more in in quote unquote efficiencies to try to do that. And what they keep doing is making it worse for everyone else. And we're at a breaking point. But they're still going to keep doing it because they need to show that they are creating more, quote unquote, value because all the people that don't actually care for patients are making these decisions. And what you all are doing is bringing that to light and trying to get our people together and standing up to that. Like everyone listening, what should they do to try to help support the unionization efforts?
1: thank you for bringing this up i think this is the most important thing and this is maurice and i's job going forward the time for walkouts is over the time to explore unionization if that's an option the pharmacy guild which i am healthcare started for us so when we got all this national attention we i was on tv about five times during Pharmageddon. bled was doing interviews maurice was doing interviews we talked to every reporter big and small for all these local newspapers national newspapers all kinds of online media outlets everybody was like what's next when are we gonna walk out but I am stepped up so I am is the International Association of aerospace workers and Machinists and they're a huge union they have 600,000 followers in both the US and Canada they have a smaller, uh, IAM Healthcare, which is a component, has 10,000 healthcare workers. They're mostly uh, they have unionization in hospitals for the allied medical fields: PTOT, speech pathologists, and pharmacists in the hospital setting. Shane Brinton is the director of IAM Healthcare. Him and I have been talking for about two years, and it was always the goal to, to create something that was just for pharmacists and technicians. Ever since I was raising money, I wanted a union that was apolitical. Because unions, for whatever reason, even though they benefit everyone, has a political lean. So, some people that are staunchly conservative or consider themselves on the right don't want to be attached to unions, even though it's better for everybody if you have those jobs. I wanted it to be apolitical and I wanted it to be just with pharmacists and technicians because while there are some great unions out there, UFCW is one of them, but a grocery store worker's needs are different than a, a pharmacist and a technician's needs. So, that's why I thought that was the big goal. But to take on large corporations like Walgreens and CVS and Rite Aid and Walmart and every other regional pharmacy retail chain that they want to unionize, you're going to need the support of a fully formed union. So that's why they always wanted to do it, but it wasn't until they realized, hey, wait, these aren't just some guys on the internet with a few thousand followers. They're starting something here. So I um, gave Shane Brinton the green light to go ahead and allocated funds towards this, and we launched this right after Farmageddon as the end result. Because we didn't receive the same response from Walgreens that we received from CVS in the Kansas City market, that there wasn't some major announcement. Yes, they gave you Thanksgiving off, but they didn't say all of a sudden overnight, every technician in this country is guaranteed 40 hours, and they're all going to make, the bottom is going to start at $20 an hour. There was no major response. And and, they, and Walgreens actually played it off. They said, oh, there was minimal impact from this walkout, that there really wasn't that much people that even cared or wanted to do this. Only a handful of stores closed. So we decided that they were looking for a response. We we rolled this out. You can go to PharmacyGuild.org and you can put in your information. Once we reach critical levels in certain areas, they are physically going to call all these people and start launching campaigns. When when we hit certain amounts and we know that we can win elections, we're going to go in and we're going to file with the National Labor Relations Board and have votes and start to unionize stores. And my bold prediction is five years from now, most pharmacies, Walgreens, CVS, and other other chains are going to be unionized. Because on the first day, within a few hours of this opening, 30,000 people went to PharmacyGuild.org. It actually crashed the website on the first day. It happened the second day. Briefly for 15 minutes as well. So, thousands of people have filled out the form and it's coming.
0: So, buckle up, Walgreens. Buckle now, up, nice. yes, You guys want like response? Pharmacy is not just chain retail, pharmacy is chain retail and independence and hospitals. And uh, there are so many forms of pharmacy, compounding, I mean, just everything. So, As far as a union, is it specific to an area that this union is targeting and supporting?
1: Or Yeah, we we are asking everybody, if you're a pharmacist or a technician, regardless of what practice setting you're in, go and fill it out. Because not only is this, as it builds out as an an organization, we want to have a component to this that's going to advocate for legislation and regulation where where necessary. And yes, while we're targeting retail, because that's where the need is right now, And we don't really feel like we have a voice within the organizations. But if you're a hospital and you're not unionized, if you're working in compounding, if you're working anywhere and you want to be involved with this movement, go ahead and and fill it out. We'll figure it out. My goal and Maurice's goal, like our job on the internet, is to just push this out. Every person who wants us to come on a podcast and drink wine and, and talk about it, we'll do that. We're back to comedy mode but having those pieces of advocacy in there because we feel like that's the best way to get our message out. If we constantly put this stuff out, people are going to turn off. But the way that we've decided to approach this, that's why we realize it's not going to go away. What Walgreens and CVS do is they wait for this to just go. They get, they wait for the news cycle, to go past and then people forget about farm they forget about all the problems and it goes in a cycle and then it goes and something else has to happen then you'll get some media coverage again we're not going anywhere
0: karen lynch said those same things about oh you know it's just a blip maybe if you could get an ad on peloton that would be amazing <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Hey, Peloton's Peloton stock is down too, so that probably
1: would be pretty cheap right now. We could probably pay in, pay an extra care bucks or some shit.
2: Well, I know that it's got some traction. You know, I'm an independent owner. Like, I, I'm not exactly someone who's out there like and feeling exactly the heat that the chain farms are But I do feel a lot of that because a lot of that comes down on us. You'd be surprised how much support you all are getting in the independent community, as well as a lot of more conservative, like you wouldn't think of like pro union types are very much down for the unionization of pharmacists. It's really surprising. So I I think you all have a whole lot more support than you're even seeing right now. And I think more exposure is just going to do a lot more.
3: And I think from just from my new role at my job, I think that unionizing will actually help the profession, not just from the standpoint of better working conditions, but I think it will allow pharmacists and pharmacy technicians to generate revenue in new ways because in the role that I have now, I've seen a lot of legislation where they want to expand the scope of practice of pharmacists to do other things, to be able to get billed for more clinical services. But people who've never worked in retail, the first thing's like, well, they're so busy, they're not going to have the time to actually do X, Y, and Z. And these people have never even worked in the pharmacy. So it's yeah. our reputation of being understaffed is that, People don't want to vote in support of legislation that will allow us to ex- expand our scope of practice. And even during my residency, my residency project, I had to do MTM at 19 different high V's in Iowa. And the amount of money I generated from just doing that, that was my sole focus, that they actually created a position after I left because they saw how much money I was bringing into our clinical services. So talking to different pharmacists, I met a lot of pharmacists who become entrepreneurs and even They've been saying it's a little bit out of my scope when they talk about NCPD codes and things like that. But like even things that we're doing, like physicians, they're getting paid more for the same thing just because of the way the billing structure sets up. So I feel like if we can help with the understaffing so that pharmacists can do things like prescribe, you know, what is it, birth control, prep pep, do other things, and we can kind of also work on the billing aspect so we actually get paid for those, it'll actually help create more revenue for the chains and more job opportunities. If we can kind of change that reputation that we have, that we're just so understaffed, we can't do anything else.
2: Come from someone who's a little more uh, anti-scope expansion, uh, which is me, <coughs> but the only reason I am anti-scope expansion is uh, they keep asking us to do more. And my response is, fuck you, pay me. I don't even make money on my goddamn inventory. Do y'all want me to do extra shit? Once we fix that, yeah, I'm very happy yeah. to do a lot yeah. more shit. So yeah. it's one of those things where we're just in a very toxic place right now with pharmacy, and it's got to be fixed all around. But there's, a, there's that, a lot of
1: problems yeah. all all around, all around for sure. There is a lot of problems all around. But I, I'm kind of I'm in the middle there. I want us all to be able to practice at the top of your license. That's the big buzzword at all of our organizations, especially APHA. When I was in Arizona, when I was there last year, everybody was talking about like expansion of roles and practicing at the top of your license. But we need to have a pay structure that if if your pharmacist is going to do all these extra ancillary duties, they shouldn't get paid the same as they do right now. If you're going to use my NPI to bill for services, I should have some sort of incentive to do all those extra services. Uh, so that really is important. So they need to fix the pay structure. It, it all comes back to that. But if you're sta- and staffing appropriately, because there's never going to be a situation where my primary role isn't to safely check prescriptions. And there's always going to be hundreds to thousands of those to check every single week forever and ever and ever. So if you have a model where there's one pharmacist who does that and one pharmacist there on duty all day that does the clinical services, clinical service away. That would be what do you perfect. want me to do? That'd no. be amazing. I, will, I will give colonoscopies in the back room if they want. Oh my god! Nice. You need to.
0: <laughs> yeah, and on that note,
1: Strangely
2: enough, this um, is not the weirdest Maurice, place I've had a colonoscopy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maurice, you first. What would you say to the physicians who are concerned about scope of practice creep as far as expanding the practice of pharmacists and they're getting territorial
3: and worried? It's funny because, like, I read these things where AMA will make a statement that, you know, they're against expanding the scope of practice for pharmacists. But all the physicians I know are overstressed, they're overworked, that, they, you know, the ones I talk to that actually work day to day, they welcome it. I mean, they kind of more so maybe have a certain feeling towards nurse practitioners taking their role than pharmacists. But they seem to be kind of all for it just because they have to see so many patients per day and they're, they're overwhelmed. but I think it's something that each healthcare profession, we all kind of look at our best interests, like, you know, pharmacists, like expanding our scope of practice, helping to improve pharmacy physicians. They're trying to protect their territory. But I think if we all work together, we could probably figure something out where we can expand our scope of practice, but not step on their toes. Maybe there's something that they want pharmacists to do that we're not even thinking about. And probably when they hear about pharmacists, expand the scope of practice, they probably just assume that we're going to take away a lot of things that they're already doing. But I think like if if we can get all the healthcare professionals to work together and collaborate instead of kind of sort of working separately, I think that we would create like a system where we're all helping each other while expanding the scope of practice at the same time. See, I, I've
2: noticed physicians that are very against the expanding of the scope of practice are also physicians that are trying to dispense in their own practices (laughs) so yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah okay coincidence
1: (laughs) i think they don't want us to cut in on their action when the the amount of prescriptions that i see sometimes from er's where it's tylenol and motrin prescriptions or things like that and i think shit, man, this ER physician, they probably love those patients. I when a mother comes in and they realize there's nothing wrong with them, but they hand them a prescription for ibuprofen and Tylenol and probably bill the insurance for 1200 bucks. They probably want, they probably liked those uh, calls to the ER, oh, but yeah. unfortunately I think like, if, if there was a way for us to be able to, to do some of those things to take the burden off that I, I'd be all for it.
2: Well, one thing I'm going to start doing is instead of just, uh, fixing all their bullshit on their scripts, I'm actually going to call their office every single time and annoy that shit out of them instead of just fixing bullshit. <laughs> and then they might see what we're doing.
0: <laughs> all right, Shane and Maurice, I've got to know, are you as much of a fan of Dr. Flecken as I am?
1: Yeah, I'm a fan. I haven't spoken to him personally or anything, but I've shared a lot of his work before.
3: Me and him did a pod podcast together on the uh, pharmacy podcast network oh nice for for one episode so yeah I got to talk
0: please tell us which podcast because I know people are going to want to check it out
3: Uh, I'll have to check me and Todd did maybe like a year ago maybe a year and a half ago Todd asked me to do it with him. it was a while
1: ago but it was like a year and a half ago I remember
3: he's a great guy yeah I like his work
1: who's your favorite Maurice and you can't say me who's your favorite Pharmacy, healthcare, <laughs> social media, personality—not under five two, not sexy and brown like me.
3: for um, pharmacy, I feel like now there's more people willing to put their face out there than like yeah. when I started to talk about these retail problems.
1: Outside of Maurice, my favorite pharmacist because uh, he's the OG. Uh, my favorite social media personality pharmacist is a cynical pharmacist because I I was inspired by him seven and a half years ago to start writing and talking about pharmacy to the people that were interested in pharmacy jokes. So I would say him. I would say Nurse Blake in the nursing world is my favorite nursing uh, social media personality. I would say Z Dog MD is my favorite doctor. Doctor G is next, but uh, Z Dog is probably my my favorite. And pharmacy technicians. Delano, hands down, is the funniest pharmacy technician in
0: America.
3: Yeah, you know Z-Dog is number one for me.
0: (laughs) 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 Jeremy, what about you? You got some favorites?
3: We're sitting with two of my
2: favorites. Oh,
1: thank
0: you.
2: Well, you. you Well, of course, angry pharmacist. I mean, ever since I was like in like high school, he was doing stuff like I love angry pharmacist. He's not going to be pleased with that. You know that, right? I know he's not, but you know what? Fuck him. I'm gonna text him right after this and tell him he's a bitch. Because that's what we do. We have a good relationship. But now you all
3: angry. I was for at him. my
1: first t-ball game when I heard of the actual the, 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 the angry pharmacist. Hey Shane, can
3: can we get the angry pharmacists on the on the pharmacy crews? Oh, you probably could. Oh, I, I forgot to do something. So one of the people that follow the page, she lost her job. She used to work at CVS. And she doesn't want to work retail anymore because she's burnt out. And just to try to make ends meet, she has a small business on Etsy. So she makes these things that I think is kind of funny. Uh, one of them is, like, fucks to give. It's probably hard to see, but the jar of of just, like, wooden fucks.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing.
3: Then they make like little pharmacy ornaments that say different like healthcare related things. But it's um Studio 415 Creations on Etsy. So me and Shane, we always like to it's share pretty people's pretty awesome.
1: Stuff. Yeah, I, I got some ornaments for my tree like that too. The ones that don't have the F word on them, but I have a pharmacy themed. Uh, <laughs> How do your uh, eight you children put them, you feel put them about up this? Higher. <laughs> I have Marilyn put them up higher. See, I can't really reach the top of the tree either. But I have Marilyn put them up high so they can't read them.
3: It, it always warms my heart when I see pictures of Shane or Marilyn wearing those. Uh, what's those shirts I made, Shane? Uh, PPM uh, Pharmacy's biggest mistake.
1: Yeah, I tried to wear them on a lot of the this. on a lot of the interviews and stuff, and I try to wear them when I go to these meetings. That's my favorite part of going any of these conventions is picking out my outfits. Uh, APHA was pretty funny because I wore a John Legend T-shirt and I went uh, after <laughs> I had to do an interview at the. It's crazy things like that. I have my Duncan, I have my classic Duncan onesie. And actually, someone posted it on social media on Instagram. And he he actually has a following there. And he's like, I'm pretending this guy's here for the convention, not knowing that I was actually here for the convention. It was in the morning I was getting coffee and a full Duncan onesie at the at the convention. And it was funny because it got back to him like
0: he has more followers than you and you're making fun of him. So now that we're coming to the end of our drinks, Dr. Mari Shaw. Any final thoughts for our listeners?
3: Final thoughts would be, if you haven't, please go to pharmacyguild.org. Check out the page. Even if you don't fill out the form, just check it out. Just share. We're really trying to get the word out. There's so many people, you know, me and Shane, we get all these like heartfelt messages from people who really just want change. And a lot of people feel like, you know, at this point, unionizing is the only way. So we're just trying to give people a voice. I mean, you could search all over Reddit. So many people saying like, we need to unionize, but I don't know how. So we're just really trying to use our platforms to to give people that option to unionize if they want to. And, and like Shane kind of said, even the response kind of blew me away. I figured we'd have a, a pretty decent response, but it was a, been a lot more than I kind of anticipated. So We're just here to support if there's other ways that people think that we can help the profession we're we're open to listening and we're always trying to uh, evolve and change and, and help people feel like someone's listening to them, help people to realize that there are people who care, that they're not the only person who's going, who's feeling this way of being burnt out at work and that, you know, give people hope that change is coming and me and Shane really feel like this union is like the first step for some real major change and it's going to be something big. So
0: I love it. Shane, excellent pharmacist. What about you? I would reiterate everything that Maurice said. The last thing is if you went and you
1: filled out the form at pharmacyguild.org, I would task anybody else challenge. If you really want change to happen, tell another pharmacist, Don't just assume they know who Rx Comedy and the accidental pharmacist are, or pizza's not working. They may never have heard about it. I actually got—I got—I stole this idea from someone else because one of the direct messages that we received, like a day or two ago, was like, "Hey, I'm a retired pharmacist. I love what you're doing. I went and filled it out, but I actually told two pharmacists, and they never heard of you before. Like, oh, that's nice. So I I really, uh, (laughs) I I really want that to happen. Yeah, I want everybody out there. Tell me that, Dick. no, but it's true. It's true. You, You. There are people out there that don't have uh, social media or they don't follow pharmacy pages because they work in a pharmacy. And the last thing they want to do is talk about pharmacy on social media when they're not at work. There's some crazy people like us, but that's part of it. So go out and tell somebody something. I am a clown on the internet. I've embraced that and I love it. But I really am advocating for change and I do care about people and I care about this profession passionately. And I've made tons of mistakes along the way. So I'd encourage anyone to reach out to me or Maurice, uh, we always try to respond to everybody who cares enough to talk to us. So send a message to the page. If you don't get a response, send it again. Eventually, I'll get to you, I promise. And uh, yeah, let us know what's going out there. If there's anything we could do to support small business, independent pharmacies. I've been working for independent pharmacies for the last six years since I left Walgreens and CVS. And I'm a a huge supporter of independent pharmacies. And I want to change the profession, because I want to see a world where independent pharmacies exist and thrive. So if you need help finding someone, if, you, if you're if you looking to try and staff, we, we don't charge anybody for any of that stuff. If you have a small business, you have a GoFundMe, you were looking for a technician to fill in at, a, at an independent, you reach out to us. We'll post anything for you because we are advocating for the profession. If you haven't heard about Pharmacy, come, come check it out. We're having a cruise this summer. We'd love to see. We already have about 130, 140 uh, registrants already. We're going to have lots of social media personalities. I love you guys. This was so much fun. <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> Jeremy, your final thoughts as the drinks come to an end.
2: Everyone who really wants to make a change in this world, go and sign up for the Pharmacy Guild. But if you want to make an extra special change, every pharmacist out there needs to send me $100. Oh,
0: my God. Exactly
2: $100. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it into. My FanDuel account, and (laughs) I'm going to roll that money over. And we're and gonna, gonna use this fork betting me. boom, and we're gonna pay
3: every one of our pharmacists <laughs> way better. Hey, I, I love my little Fanduel account. So Maurice was just telling <laughs> me
1: every this time, part- every time we get a community standards violation, and we're we're no longer uh, monetized on one of the platforms, he immediately rolls it right into Fanduel. He's like, <laughs> oh, I I just got hit with a community standards violation. I'm not
0: monetized for the next two. No more jokes. It's straight to the gambling. <laughs> <laughs> It's the holidays. Donate to PUD, donate to the Pharmacy Guild, not to Jerry. Thank you for listening to PBM on the Rocks. We hope everyone has an amazing holiday season, a very happy new year. Cheers. We will see you in 2024.
3: Cheers. Yay. Thanks, Yay. guys.
0: For fun. To learn more about Pharmacists United for Truth and Transparency and how you can help fight PBM abuse of our healthcare system, visit our website at truthrx.org